Hey everyone, welcome to Tom French Preaching. This is the podcast of me, Tom French, preaching. I'm a guy who lives in Melbourne and does Bible talks for youth and other people around Australia and all over the internet. To celebrate the release of my new book of devotions on Ephesians for the next little while here on the podcast, I'm going to be releasing talks through the entire book of Ephesians. These talks have been preached in church services, on camps, and in other contexts, and some of them are as old as 2015, some as recent as 2022. Some have been on the podcast before, and some of them are brand new. If you like the talks, hopefully you'll love the devotions. There are 40 days of readings, and they'll take you through the entire book of Ephesians. You can order the book now by heading to tomfrench.com.au forward slash Ephesians. All right, that's all for now. I hope you enjoy the talk. Twenty twenty, who was alive in twenty twenty? Great, <laughs> most of you. That's good. And uh, so, in twenty twenty, near the end of twenty twenty, I went to the doctor, and the reason why I went to the doctor is because. For the first time in my life, I had been feeling uh, significantly anxious, like having, you know, been plonked in the middle of a global pandemic, that was the kind of thing to make someone anxious, and then being locked in my house for months on end in, in our Melbourne lockdown, that was something to make me significantly anxious, and I was never a particularly anxious person, but uh, I found during that time I was, you know, I'd just be quite nervous, and I would have no reason to be nervous, and then I'd lie in bed, and I'd be lying there, and I could feel my heart going boom, 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 like, I just want to go to sleep, why is my heart doing this? And then every now and then I get like a heart palpitation, I'm like, oh, what's happening? And then I'd think, I'm probably dying, and if you think you're dying, that doesn't help your anxiety. So I thought, I'll go to the doctor and I'll see what's going on because either the doctor will say, you're dying and sorry about that, you've got about a month to live, or the doctor, and then my anxiety will be solved soon enough, or uh, the doctor will say, you're not dying, you're fine, and then my anxiety will be solved, but either way, I should go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor, was very nervous, told the doctor what was going on. The doctor was like, well, you're probably fine. It's probably just your anxiety, but let's do some tests. So the doctor did some blood tests, gave me an ECG. So I went off to you know, see this, this woman who was going to put things on my chest. And then she was like, you've got too much chest hair, and then shaved it off and then put stuff on my chest. It was very disappointing for me. But uh, then they you know, took my ECG and then did the bloods. And I came back to the doctor and I went back to the doctor. I was really nervous. Like, my anxiety was like through the roof. I was sweating and I was getting this the anxiety sweat, which is a different smell to the workout sweat or the I'm happy sweat, the it's the I'm gonna die sweat. You know, I had that going on and you know, I'm stressing out and I sat down with the doctor and the doctor goes, How are you fit going? I'm like, I'm a bit nervous, and the doctor's like, Well, here's the good news, you're not dying. I was like, Oh, Thank you. I was like, we looked at your ECG, your heart's great. Looked at your bloods, they're pretty good. Just eat a little bit less red meat, do a bit more exercise. Like, I can do that, that's great. And my anxiety was much better after that. Not solved, but a whole lot better. But imagine if I went to the doctor and the doctor said, look, you're doing great now. Everything's good, but I've looked at your charts and I can see from your charts that actually you used to be dead. That would be very surprising. I'd be like, I 
I didn't notice that I was dead. It's like, well, you were. You were totally dead. I'm like, but I was having a pretty good life. Well, you're having a dead good life because you were dead. And that's what's going on in this passage. Paul is like our doctor here. And it's a doctor who's been reading our charts. And his chart says that we were dead. We were dead in our transgressions and sins in which we used to live. Now, you might think, well, look, life, we never looked dead. But what this is saying is that we are spiritually dead. As we have committed ourselves to following sin, to doing transgressions and sins, so not doing the things we should do and doing the things that we shouldn't do, as we do that, that brings spiritual death to us. We might be physically alive, but spiritually, there is no life in us. We are like zombies. Zombies can look kind of alive. They can, you know, they walk around. They go, and, you know, they can move a bit. They seem like, you know, sort of human, but they're not alive. And this is what this is saying. We're like spiritual zombies because of our sin. And what is this sin that we have done? Where does it come from? What well, tells us? It said, when we followed the ways of the world, the ruler of the kingdom of the air and the spirit who is now at work in those who disobedience, and all of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. If you ever heard that saying, the world, the flesh and the devil, this is where it comes from. That one of the things that we do that makes us sinful is we follow the ways of the world. So you remember early in 2020 when the lockdowns were announced or people thought they were going to happen or like the things are going to go bad. Everyone rushed out to the shops and they bought a lot of toilet paper. Do you remember that? Did that happen in Canberra? Did you all lose your toilet paper? Yeah. Yeah. So the, all the toilet paper disappeared. And, and the reason is that everyone followed the ways of the world, which was we want more toilet paper. Because one person's like, I'm getting a lot of toilet paper. And people are like, they want it. Well, I want it. Well, I want it. Everyone got greedy for toilet paper. You just were like, well, if they're doing it, I'm doing it too, because I don't want to miss out. And we follow the ways of the people around us into sinful ways. We have the same beliefs of the people around us, even though they might not be good beliefs. Beliefs about ourselves being the most important people in the world. Beliefs of greed. Beliefs about you know, the way that we should do family or do sex or do um, money or all sorts of things, which the, the world says this is the best way to do it, but God says that's not the right way to do it. And then it says that we follow the ways of this, the, the rule of the king of the air, the spirit who is now at work in the world, that's Satan. Satan will whisper in our ears and tempt us to do things which are wrong. Satan never tempts us to do things that we don't want to do. Like Satan doesn't come up to you and say, hey, you see that hammer over there? Pick it up and hit yourself in the head. And you're like, no, <laughs> that's a dumb idea. No, Satan comes and whispers in your ear and say, you know, that kid who is rude to you, beat him up. be rude back <laughs> or beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> or, you, or, or hey, you know, you know how, you know how there was, your, your sister was the worst? Yeah. Go and tell your mum and dad how, how much the worst, how much worse they are. Make it seem really bad. Like, yeah, good idea, I will. And Satan tells us things that we want to do, and so we give in to those temptations. And then the last thing is sometimes we don't even need Satan to tempt us, we just follow our desires anyway. We follow our desires to start rumors about people, 
or to leave someone out of our friendship group or to look at porn. We follow our desires, we follow Satan, we follow the ways of the world. All of this brings death to us. One of the problems that doctors have is uh, the internet. Have you heard of the internet? Yeah, if you haven't, go look it up in the book. It's an amazing thing, the internet. And what happens when people are sick, they get online and then they, they Google their symptoms. And when they Google their symptoms, inevitably they find out that they've got cancer or they're pregnant. <laughs> or what other people do is they get on TikTok and they go ask Google, TikTok, TikTok, Dr. Dr. TikTok, yeah, Dr. TikTok, TikTok medical, it doesn't matter. If you go on TikTok, you're going to find out that you're neurodivergent. You're going to have ADHD, bipolar, ADD, something like that. It's going to tell you those things. And so then you go to the doctor and you say, hey, doctor, I looked at Google. It said, I'm pregnant. I've got cancer. Can you please give me, can you please give me these drugs, which are particularly important drugs to make sure that I solve the, pre- the, the cancer but doesn't hurt the baby? Or can I please have these drugs because TikTok told me they're the best drugs for my ADHD, polar, bipolar, neurodivergence. Now, I'm not saying that people don't ever get cancer or that people don't get pregnant or people don't have um, you know, ADHD, bipolar or those things. These are all real things that people get. But you shouldn't get diagnosed by Google or TikTok. You should go to your doctor. Say, doctor, here's what's going on. The doctor's like, hey you know what, I've done some training and actually you're not pregnant, you're a man. So we've got some other things that we should look at and I will prescribe these things for you. You trust the doctor, don't trust the internet. Don't try and solve it yourself. But here's what we do, we look at our lives and we go, oh, I've got some issues. Sometimes I'm not the person that I want to be. Sometimes I do things which I know are wrong. Sometimes I'm not kind to other people. Sometimes I give in to temptations that I don't want to give in to. People know this, whether they're Christians or not. People know they're not the people that they want to be. And so we try and solve the problem. We do some good works to make sure that we sort it out. And some of the ways people solve it, they're like, we're going to solve it religiously. Because if there's a God out there or gods out there, then there are things that they would want us to do for them. So we're going to pray all the right prayers. And then the God or the gods will will love us and forgive us. Or we're going to make the right sacrifices, burn the right incense, go on the right pilgrimages, climb the right holy mountains. And if we do these things, if we align our chakras, if we get it all right, then we'll be okay with God and the universe and the gods will sort it out. We've sorted it out religiously. That's, we've checked out the thing, we've made our own prescription, we've tried to solve it. Or sometimes we say, no, the problem is we've done bad things, so we better do good things to fix it up. So I'm going to make sure that I give money to charity. I'm going to make sure that I, I volunteer at a soup kitchen. I'm going to make sure that when, you know, when those people at the shops and I'm walking along and they're like, hey, mate, can I tell you a joke and get some money out of you? You go, yeah, yeah, and you stop and you talk to them, even though they're the most annoying people in the world trying to get money out. Does that happen to you or does it just happen to me? Because they look at you and they're like, you're teenagers, you don't have any money, we're not going to attack you. Why would you have money? Yeah, well, when you get older, watch out for the people in the shopping centers. They're like, trick you. They're like, can I tell you a joke? And like, yeah, I like jokes. And like, here's a joke. 70,000 children are dying right now. Like, that's, that's a terrible joke. And like, well, do you care about it? Give us some money. And like, oh, okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This is, I'm being distracted now. The point is, 
We try and solve the problem by doing good things. And we say, now that I've done good things, I've paid off my debt, I've solved the problem, that's my prescription, I am solved, I'm out of the debt, the death problem. And sometimes people just say, you know what, I know I'm going to be okay with God because I'm not a bad person. I haven't killed anyone. And, I, and I've, been, I've been, you know, I'm, I'm nice to people. We set a very low bar sometimes. You know, you just don't have to be Hitler and you'll be fine. But, but the problem is that we're dead. And dead people can't save themselves. Have you ever been in a graveyard and then seen like someone, like, oh yeah, I just saved myself. They climb out of the grave like, oh, so glad I was there to sort out my problems. No, it never happens. Dead people stay dead. So here's the question. How is it that we get saved? How is it that we can sort out this problem? Well, we look at the passage. In verse 4, it says this, but because of his great love for us, this is the best button in the whole Bible. And I know how that sounds, and I meant it to sound like that because it's a little bit funny. But what it means is everything is bad, but God came and changed it all around. We were dead, but God made us alive. We were dead, but God saved us. We were dead, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions and sins. It is by grace you have been saved. We were dead, but God sent his son Jesus to give his life for us because the cost of our sin is death. Jesus died for us, his life for ours, his goodness for our sin, so that we might be made alive in him. And look at what happens after that. It says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So not only do we get forgiven for our sins, not only do we get made alive, but we get raised all the way up so that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. That means if you are a Christian, then right now you are sitting in this room, but you are also sitting in heaven. That's amazing. It is confusing too. Yes. But you are sitting with Christ in heaven. That is what God does for us. We deserve death, but we get life and we get raised all the way up to be seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. In order that, in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Once again, we see that it is so that people will see God and know how good he is. We are there to be shown off to the universe that God is a good God who is rich in mercy and loves to save people. So how do we get this? If we are dead, how do we get it? Have a look. Verse 8, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. We get it through God's grace. We heard before in uh, the Bible, sorry, yeah, in our uh, memory verse, these two words, mercy and grace. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. You might deserve punishment, but you don't get it. Grace is when you get a gift that you do not deserve. So you might not get punishment, that's mercy. What you get instead is life, 
life forever with God, get raised up with Jesus. That is grace. I've had many opportunities to experience grace in my life. One that particularly stands out as a clear example of grace that I've experienced happened a while ago. Uh, It was uh, when the Lord of the Rings films were coming out in the cinema. Now, I know that you guys were, if you were alive then, no, you just weren't alive then when that was happening. But it was a big deal. Who's seen the Lord of the Rings films? Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and some of you may wish that you were alive when they were in the cinemas. Well, I got to live through that because I'm very old. It was great. We went and saw the first one and we're like, this is such a good, these are such good films. We can't wait for the next one. And so then when the next one came along, it came out on, on Boxing Day and it was like, Boxing Day is coming. So I was like, we've got to get tickets. So I talked to all my friends and I found out who wanted to go. I organized to buy tickets for everyone. It was back in the day when tickets were actually physical paper things. You had to go to the, the cinema and get them off the person. Yes? They sort of still are. I mean, if you go to Limelight, you still have to hand in your tickets. Oh, great. Well, go to Limelight and you can live life like an old person. It's great. And, uh, and so I went to the cinema. I bought the tickets. I had all my tickets there. And we decided that we were all going to watch the first film, The Fellowship of the Ring, before we watched the next film in the cinema, uh, The Two Towers. So we sat down at my friend's place, we got a projector, we had the DVDs, and we projected it up and we watched it on the screen. And as, as we were there, I handed out the tickets to everyone. And then I realized that we were one ticket short. There was one person who hadn't turned up yet and I didn't have a ticket for them and that person was my ex-girlfriend. I was like, oh no, because she doesn't like me very much right now. And when she finds out that I forgot she exists and I didn't buy her a ticket, I'm going to be in even more trouble. So I was like, what am I going to do? I'm like, I've got two options. One is when she turns up, I can say to her, I didn't get you a ticket, you can go home. And then I'd be in even more trouble, but I'd still at least get to see the two towers. Or I can say to her, I didn't get you a ticket, here's my ticket, I can go home. And then I'd still be in trouble because I forgot her, and I would miss out on the film, but I would have kind of made things right. I would have got what I deserved. I deserved the anger, and I deserved to miss out on the film. It would have been totally fair that that's what happened. So I was sitting there, stressing out, and my sister looked at me and she's like, Tom, are you okay? It's like, I'm not. I forgot to buy my ex-girlfriend her ticket. And my sister was like, all right, she can have my ticket. I will not go to the film. And, she, and your ex, she doesn't even need to know this happened. I was like, really? She's like, yeah, it's fine. So my sister went home. She didn't go. She paid the price. I got to still look like a good guy. My ex-girlfriend never found out, and I got to go see the movie. I didn't get what I deserved, which was to get in trouble and to miss out on the movie, and I did get what I didn't deserve, which was to actually go and see the movie and for my sister to give it up on my behalf. That's grace. That's mercy and grace. And that's just a little picture of what Jesus does for us. What we deserve is the punishment of God. We are, it says, by nature deserving of God's wrath. But instead, God's grace is that we get forgiven. Jesus pays the price for us. We get life and we get to live forever with him. That is grace. That is a gift that we do not deserve. 
And how do we get it? We get it through faith. And what does faith mean? Well, sometimes we say, well, what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, so you've got to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Faith is about believing the right things. But sometimes we talk about that like it is like just an intellectual assent to this thing. We say, yes, I believe this thing and then I will be saved. Like I believe that, you know, that, that the, the sun is, you know, I don't I was about to tell you how far away the sun is and then I realized I don't know how far away the, the sun is a long way away. I believe that, you know, that pi is 3.14, blah, 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 blah. I believe that, you know? That's an intellectual thing that you believe, but it, it doesn't, it's not going to change how you live your life. But that's not what faith in Jesus is. Faith in Jesus has to change your life. It's like if we're on a plane together, and the plane's going down, and we both have parachutes, and I'm there and say, look, let me tell you how this parachute works. There's a parachute that's packed in there, and then I'm going to pull this ripcord, and that means it's going to shoot out the, the little chute first, and that's going to catch the air, and that's going to pull out the big one, and the big one's going to be there, and it's going to have enough air in it that's going to slow down my descent so I can have a nice, safe landing. I know how a parachute works. I believe that a parachute works. And you're there and like, I have no idea how this works, but I'm going to jump out of this plane, and I'm going to pull it, and I'm going to hope I live. And then the plane's going down and then you jump out of the plane and you pull the cord and I'm like, I believe in the parachute and then I crash into a mountain and die. Well, it doesn't matter what I intellectually assent to. What matters is if I pull that cord. You don't need to know everything about how it works that Jesus saves you. You don't need to know all the best theology. You don't need to know all the ins and outs. You don't need to know the names of every book of the Bible You don't need to know all the stuff. What you need to know is that there is a God and that he loves you. And the only way you can live is if you trust in Jesus. And you do not trust in yourself. You do not trust in your own prescription to be saved, in your own good works. You do not trust in anything but Jesus Christ. That's all you've got. He is your parachute. He is the cord you pull. You don't don't need to know how it works. You just need to know that it's him. That's what it means to have faith. All you've got is Jesus. The only way you can be okay is Jesus. Everything else is death. But then we keep going. And we're coming to the end of the passage here. It says we're saved not by works that no one can boast. So there's prescriptions that we have. The good things that we do, we don't get saved by them so that we can't say it's us, it's all God. And then it says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. If we fill our life with good things so that God will love us and forgive us, all it leads to is death. But when we get saved and brought to life in Jesus... That leads to a new life where we're created to do good works. So God doesn't say you're saved and now go and do whatever you want. He says you're saved and you're recreated to live a life for him. You're saved to live the life you were created to live. There are a lot of films and TV shows where there are chosen ones. For instance, there's like Harry Potter, right? The one who is prophesied to be able to defeat the Dark Lord... Then there is uh, Anakin Skywalker, a chosen one, who is to bring balance to the force, and he did that. Uh, 
Yes. But then he had his kids. Yeah, see? It was through him. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But the point is... And then... then, then, then uh, at, and what's the other... What's the other what, hold on. No, I'm thinking of... Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's like, you are the chosen one. Anyway, it's the chosen one. Anyway, who else is there? Frodo? Frodo's the chosen one? Yeah, chosen to be the ring bearer. Who else is... Who are, are the chosen ones? Bilbo? This series called The Chosen? Yes? I, well, yep, Jesus was the chosen one. Yep. Peppa Pig, yeah. It's a great... The great prophecy of Pe- Peppa Pig. All right. Here's the point. There are all these chosen ones who have a particular job to do that is a job for no one else to do but them. And they were created for that job and the world is a better place because they do their job. Well, God has created us to do good works in Christ Jesus. And there are good works which he has prepared in advance for us to do. And it means that as you go out into your life, as you live a life for Jesus, that there are good things that God has put in place for you to do. Soon it's going to be orderly's time. And a few of you are going to have some good works that have been prepared in advance for you to do to serve us food. And as you do it, as you pick up whatever it is we're eating, I don't know, let's say it's burgers, as you put a burger on the, the burger bun, you'd be like, I am the chosen one. I am the chosen one. But if you choose, like if you're at school and you see that kid that everyone else thinks is a weirdo, and you're like, yeah, they're weird, but they need friends. You're like, I'm going to be their friend. You're the chosen one, chosen to be their friend. Go and do it. If, you're the, if, you, if you have a mate and you're like, they need to hear about Jesus. And so you're like, let me share the good news of Jesus with them. Let me read the Bible with them. Let me invite them to youth group. Let me invite them to D teams. When you do that, you're the chosen one. When, you, when your parents are being annoying and you decide not to yell back at them, you're the chosen one. When you do the good works that are there for you to do, it's not just because you know, it'll make God happy. You do it because you are the chosen one. Chosen by God to do good works. Now, if you're a Christian, then what all this means for you is you were dead, but you are alive. You've been saved by grace through faith, and now the call is to live the life that God created you to live. You are never more alive than when you are living out God's call in your life, doing the good works that he's prepared for you to do. You want to truly live? Do the good works that he's placed before you. But if you are not a Christian, then right now, you are still in verses 1 to 3. You are still dead in your transgressions and sins. But you can be made alive right now if you choose to put your trust in Jesus. If you choose to say, I know I have done the wrong thing. I know I've followed the ways of the world, the temptations of Satan. I've followed my own desires. I have not been the person that I want to be or that God calls me to be. 
and I need forgiveness, and the only way I'll get that is in Jesus, I want to put my trust in Him, then you can do that right now. You can do it whenever you want. There is no magic time to do it. But I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to do it because there's no better time to do it than right now. So what we're going to do, I'm going to say a prayer. And this is a prayer where we're going to, I'm going to tell you what the prayer is so we're not tricking you into anything. We're going to pray and I'm going to say, we're going to say to God, sorry for the things we have done wrong. We're going to say, please forgive me. Thank you that we are forgiven because of what Jesus has done. Help me to live the life I've been created to live. That's it. That's the prayer. And if you say this prayer, and you're saying it because you want to commit yourself to Jesus, then you can become a follower of Jesus. And you can move from death to life. If you want that, now is a great time to do it. If you're not sure about it, don't pray, say the prayer now. Think about it. You'll have another opportunity tomorrow. We're not trying to trick you into anything. We're not trying to manipulate you. We just want to give you a chance that if this, if you heard this today and you're like, this is true and I want it, then for you to get the chance to commit yourself to Jesus right now. So why don't we say this prayer? Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. I'm going to say it out loud. You can say it silently in your head. And then when I say amen, keep your heads down and your eyes closed because I've got one more thing for us to do. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. I hope you love Jesus just that little bit more. If you want to get your hands on the Ephesians devotions, then head to tomfrench.com.au forward slash Ephesians. There you can also find my other books, videos, and plenty of other stuff. So feel free to check it out. And don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcast so that other people might be able to discover it too. Till next time, have a good one.